0: Did you know there have been only a dozen or so songs in the history of pop music to make it to number one twice in two different eras by two different artists? That was one of them, written by the great Carole King, the only woman awarded the Library of Congress's prestigious Gershwin Prize for her body of work, placing 118 tunes on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. And she is the subject of this first edition of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm Frank Lespina. What you'll be hearing musically on this podcast are excerpts from my series of Las Vegas stage shows celebrating the iconic artists and timeless hits of yesteryear, performed, for the most part, by the students in our musical arts scholarship program, predominantly teenagers. Speaking of teenagers, Carol wrote The Locomotion with 17-year-old Dee Dee Sharp in mind, who was just coming off her monster hit, Mashed Potatoes. But Dee Dee didn't want to be locked into doing back-to-back dance songs, so instead Carol made a deal with her diminutive teenage babysitter, Eva Boyd, who she would often hear singing around the house this week rather than her usual 30 dollars she'd get paid 50 if she would record carol's song well as it turned out little eva wound up making a whole lot more than an extra 20 bucks based on her number 1 hit carol wrote her next song specifically for little eva but after recording it it was decided the voice wasn't the ideal fit so it was given to the Siobhan! It was not a fine day, but rather it was called the Day the Music Died, when Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper perished in a plane crash while on tour. Their next stop was to be Fargo, North Dakota. The producers of the show were desperately trying to find a band to fill in for the deceased stars. A 15-year-old local boy, Robert Villeen, volunteered for the unenviable task He surpassed all expectations and a new star was born we would know as Bobby V. When our next song was demoed for him, Bobby flipped for it but nearly missed the opportunity to record it. The tune was initially given to another teen idol, Dion. However, his recording of it was not released again because it was concluded he was not the ideal fit. Well, lucky Bobby. Of his many hits... This was the only one to make it all the way to the top of the charts. That is a are cause you've taken her away. And oh, it really hurts me so, there's something that I gotta say. Take good care of my baby. Please don't ever make her lose. Yes, tell her that you and that you're thinking of her in everything you say and do. Uh, take good care of Carol Joan Klein was born in Manhattan on february 9, nineteen forty two and began taking piano lessons at the age of four. As an eight-year-old, she and a school friend appeared on a local children's TV show performing If I Knew You Were Coming, I'd have baked a cake. In high school, she added an E to her carol and changed her last name to King, as she formed a band called The Cosines. They recorded her first demos at a session costing all of $25. By the way, one of her band members was someone else who had also become a household name, Paul Simon. In the tenth grade, she dated yet another future star, Neil Sedaka, whose first top ten hit was the song O oh Carol, and it's considered a valentine to his high school sweetheart. Carol married as a 17-year-old college freshman, and after the birth of her daughter, Louise, she and her husband, Jerry Goffin, who she met on the campus of Queens College, left school to take day jobs. He a chemist, she a secretary. After work, they would meet at Don Kirshner's office in the fabled Brill Building to write songs. When this song of theirs hit number one on the charts... (laughs) They gave up their day jobs.
1: You all know this one.
0: To his disappointment, a teenage singer of Greek and Puerto Rican parentage, Tony Orlando Casavitis, was hoping Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow would be his breakout hit. But Don Kirshner told him it really didn't fit a male singer. Don was fudging the facts a bit, shall we say. After hearing it, Kirshner was convinced this tune was his ticket to the major labels so he pitched it to Johnny Mathis at Columbia Records. But Mitch Miller, the head of Columbia, turned it down. Now it was offered to the Shirelles, but they felt the original arrangement of the song was too country for the New Jersey girls. Don told them they could rearrange it any way they wanted. And so the Shirelles would be the first black girl group to have a number one hit.
1: More than just a passing inside, There's something wrong here. There.
0: In 1972, It's Too Late won the Grammy for Record of the Year. In a run we will probably never see again, Carol also won Album of the Year for Tapestry, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance again for Tapestry, and Song of the Year for You've Got a Friend. Unbelievably, she was suffering from stage fright that night and did not attend the ceremony. Producer Lou Adler collected all those awards on her behalf. To hear these selections in their entirety and the other songs in this stage biography, along with the stories behind them, please visit our website, storiesbehindthesongs.org. Professionally filmed videos of all our full shows are available there for a $20 tax-deductible donation to our Musical Arts Scholarship Program. Next week the songs of Sam Cooke, who at the time of his tragic and mysterious death at the age of 33 was second only to Elvis in record sales. We leave you now with more of Angie Laspina singing what was the flip side of It's Too Late and originally actually the A-side, giving Carol King the exceedingly rare double-sided number one hit.